Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Uh, Kevin, before we get to this weekend's action, it's been a bit of a strange week, obviously, with the coronavirus and the Arsenal-Man City games being postponed tonight. But obviously the big talking point among Irish soccer fans is the fact that the Slovakia game is going to head behind closed doors. A lot of people saying um, that it's a good thing for Ireland in terms of the absence, obviously, of the, the home crowd. But you were on TV last night um, making a good point about actually sometimes it's the away fans that are there that can actually give you that extra yeah. boost. I think so. Like yeah, initially, I had the same thing. You know what? Yeah, that of course is going to be away from home. Not to have the um, home crowd. It should be a massive bonus. But then when you, I played in Slovakia before, it's a good few years ago. But it's not the hostile place that some places are to go. You know, it was it was a World Cup qualifier thing, and it wasn't. It wasn't that normal. Um, I suppose former Eastern European sort of atmosphere in some of the places you go. I thought Slovakia was quite calm and relaxed. So in that sense, yeah, you know. You're not. You're not saying, "Oh, we're avoiding that hostile atmosphere." We're not. It's a. It was a decent stadium and a good crowd. And um, whereas we get a massive boost, I think from our our fans going more than more than any other country, I would say we get a we get a boost from our away fans. Just the numbers that travel, the the, the enjoyment they seem to get out of it, no matter what, um, and the noise and the support they make. And um, you know, it's been a, a massive game as well. It would have just ramped that up even more. So, you know, I I, I don't think it's the same boost that. Um, the same uh, effect that other other countries would have got by maybe playing behind closed doors. I think we're we're actually maybe at a disadvantage. It's not. It's not. It's not the positive. I think the massive positive that everyone thinks it is. Playing behind closed doors as a general thing. Like I mean, I don't know if you've ever done it for any kind of a reason, but I'm sure you've done it for training games yeah. or playing against under twenty ones or whatever. Like that's the feeling that will be very hard for the players to shake. Going into this, won't yeah. it? Is that you're used to this being a non-important game. If there isn't going to be a crowd there, you're playing in the stadium. But it's the biggest game of the season for in in many ways. So it's like that. There's a mental. I don't know if there's a there's a place yeah, that the players well, have to yeah, get mentally. Be a tra- uh, definitely strange scenario. Like lads won't have won't have done that in years. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, you've obviously played you play training ground friendlies and stuff, but behind closed doors, you know, um, for a big game like that, and and. The crowd is a trigger, sort of. Your body has triggers. The national anthem is a trigger. The crowd, the noise, to get the best out of yourself. And again, the way we play and our sort of, you know, up and down, high tempo type of style, the noisy crowd, no matter where, if it's home crowd or away crowd, sort of, it helps our style of football, our pressure, intensity, or, you know, where we go at teams. Um, our style of play is helped by all that. I don't know if behind closed doors, camp, clinical, no atmosphere will suit. Um, will suit us Slovakia you know, they're no great shakes either for in the playoffs but from what I know they play a slightly more um, passing style of football and a behind closed doors no atmosphere type of game I think would suit that so um, yeah I don't know you can talk about it all day long and what ifs puts and maybes you only know when, when it comes to it but um, yeah again I, I just wouldn't jump to a conclusion that it's, it's, it's a big plus for us and um, yeah the players they'll have to do it same for both sides regarding you know the, the weirdness of playing behind closed doors but it will be strange um, and the, and the, for picking up stuff on the cameras um, and the noise and all for people you'll hear a lot more from players at home and, and managers shouting really the I was thinking that, that yeah. might, might fill you with confidence here about the managers <laughs> and, uh, the it won't sound like tactical genius stuff I'd say from either side but uh, <laughs> that's just uh, that's just the way it is but, and um, me- yeah 
Mick's pretty loud at the best of times, isn't he? I know you can hear Mickey on it no matter what. So yeah, it'll be, <laughs> it's, be, it'll be interesting hearing him roaring. Are uh, there any games to stick out in your mind? Or I was wondering that in terms of, and you kind of hinted it there. And like, I know it's probably a subconscious thing most of the time, but the crowd, whether it be a club or country, where it's like, do you know, whether it's trying to just make another run, get to a, uh, get to a full back or something, even you know, to try and put on pressure. You know, so that, like some of the games that that stand out for us for Ireland was like that, yeah. where you're kind of putting the opposition defence under pressure or whatever is that it's definitely yeah. something that you felt throughout your career was it that? yeah I did and and you know with Ireland playing for Ireland it always seemed to be the last 15 or 20 minutes we'd go for it and we'd, we'd play our best stuff and we'd nick a goal or whatever we'd be going for it and to build the noise the, our own fans you know making that making that atmosphere making you sort of do that you know cheering you into that situation um, so I think it I think us not having fans is a bigger loss than than for a lot of teams just to say that they've explained our style of play and, and as you just said how you know those last going for challenges making that extra run um, a lot of that is is through the atmosphere and through the intensity of the moment and the noise the adrenaline the flow for your system so so when that when that's not there when, when you're when your body thinks it's a pre-season game or just a training ground game trying to switch yourself mentally um, it'll be difficult Kevin, the uh, you mentioned playing in Slovakia there before we kind of move off Ireland and, and look ahead to the weekend, and it's it's uh, the two all draw over there is definitely a game that I remember quite well, and I'm sure you do too because I'd say you got one of the best goals of your career that day. We were actually just having a look at it there a few minutes ago. Mick was arguing it was the greatest goal ever scored by an Irishman. So well, I, <laughs> not, not necessarily <laughs> by an Irishman, but for Ireland, I would say it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's something. It was a weird old time because I remember we had two way games. It was. Stan was under yeah. a lot of pressure. The Stephen Ireland stuff was all happening around that week, I think. Oh, and that game, just after that game, actually. Just after that, the game, was it? And the shower after that game. Was it? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so the, the the shine was taken off your screamer straight yeah, away, yeah. then, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my first uh, real good goal for Ireland. I support. I'd scored a few goals up to that point, and as you're right, it was a, it was a big game at the time. We still had a chance of qualification Stan was under pressure it was two away two big away against Slovakia in the Czech Republic double header away from home I think yeah it was um, and we had a, you know massive support I think people made a trip of a big trip of that one fans going you know doing the two games and whatever um, so yeah big game time it was, it was you know score I think that put us two I think that was two one up um, and then we conceded in the last last minute of the game I think last game we could have gone three or four one up if you were to watch that on after that we had we were we were creating chances we were playing really well and, and then just the last kick game the equalised so uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a a bit of a bummer coming in afterwards in that sense for me you know it's it nice to score I, you know I scored a few of those goals over my career sort of left foot turn and swing and that one was just nice for Ireland and, and I said my first sort of really good one for Ireland um um, an important game, but uh, yeah, it was, oh, we thought it was overshadowed, but it was a, it was an interesting time too. That that you know, we didn't obviously know um, the whole the whole story at the time, but um, it was funny uh, times when that was all breaking the next few weeks. Yeah. I do I do remember Stephen in the shower um, in tears afterward, um, and we were wondering what was wrong. So you know, it was uh, definitely uh, <laughs> definitely one that. It probably won't happen to many footballers uh, <laughs> again. Uh, 
or that people will hear about or come across again in the future. That was uh, a funny one. Uh, it's spoken about a lot over the years. Yeah, I've forgotten about it actually. Now that you bring it back up, but, uh, I suppose sure we, he, he doesn't want he doesn't want to hear about it. Either. That's what I'm saying. I suppose we still probably don't know the whole story there, but uh, never mind. Didn't know it for a while. Yeah. But um, the just sorry, I, I I this is going completely off track here, but I am just very very interested that that whole campaign, right, Steve Saunton's era. You know, at the time, so much was made of it, and it was like you know there was so much attention to it, and it it, it just it, it ended up feeling like a farce the way it was covered and oh, everything no, like that, right? Yeah. But you say that like that we could have went three one up, four one up yeah. against Slovakia. We had the home wins against against Slovakia and against uh, Wales. We you know played well at times away to Czech Republic. The Cyprus thing obviously sticks out like a sore thumb, but it was when I mean, you look at the yeah. team that day, there was so many injuries and so many players not playing. Is there any way? Has history judged Steve Staunton a little bit harshly for that campaign? You were there, so you know what uh, was actually going on. Yeah, I was. You know what? And I, I remember that Cyprus game so well. I, I was injured, right? I was just nearly fit. I'd done my ankle or something. I'd done something against... I can't remember whatever, but I was just getting back fit for that game. And Stan was desperate for me to start. So I travelled to Cyprus and I failed the fitness test on the morning or just before the game or whatever. I always remember him saying to me, like, oh, thanks for coming for the holiday. Uh, <laughs> like, Jesus. As if I really wanted to travel to Cyprus, like I said, the fitness test before the game. But he was under pressure and we needed we needed to win. Um, and I remember I remember thinking there, failed the fitness test. I was desperate to play because I thought playing Cyprus would get another couple of goals here, a few chances. You know, definitely score. We'll have a few chances. It'll be a good game. I was you know, devastated to fail the fitness test from that side, from a selfish personal side of side of it. So sitting in the stand anyway, and um, yeah, it was a five-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and we got on the plane and flew home straight after the game. We landed in Dublin Airport probably at like six o'clock in the morning. It was a long flight from Cyprus. Landed and to the to um, I think I'm not sure which paper. I think it would have been a star, but the only thing was a picture of the only thing on it was a picture of the starting eleven. Um, and underneath it was wanted for crimes against Irish football. So um, I was like, well, thank fuck I've missed that game. And that other front. That was that was sort of the level um, of disgrace at the time to that result or the, the scrutiny that we were under. Um, you know, front page wanted for crimes against Irish football and nothing else. So it was, um, you know, we probably deserved it getting big fight too by Cyprus. But they, were, they were on fire. <laughs> 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 but uh, was Stan harsh treated? Yeah, you know, one campaign is like I, I, I honestly think it's it's uh, it was just too soon for him. It was his first job. Now it's very unlikely he'd be given that job first off. And and again, it went against him because Bobby Robson was meant to be his mentor and meant to be sort of helping out. And he wasn't well; he was ill at the time, so he didn't have that help. And so I don't know. There was. Um, Started, I don't know, was it one of the radio shows started to do a comic thing, a piss take, and they were using Stan as one of the, one of the, um, can't remember which one it was, was it Mario Rosenstock or whatever, doing the voice of Stan, and it just seemed to make it, make it a piss take when it wasn't, when it wasn't as bad as you say, probably from looking back at it now as, as um, as it seemed at the time, maybe we we weren't as strong as people maybe thought we were. We didn't have as good a player as maybe people thought we did at the time. Um, it was a tough time to be involved in it, and you felt sorry for Stan. He, he was under pressure; and you could see it in him. He was, he was, um, you know, he was an Irish legend, and so many caps, and then to be a manager and to be, um, yeah, ridiculed. You know, there was, you know, there were, uh, the papers were trying to catch him. I don't know which, um, you know, journal, not journalists, but papers turned up with. You know, I can't remember people in costumes and stuff. The training sessions, trying to get into, trying to, I can't remember what the characters were, but trying to make it look like he was 
uh, yeah, a picture of one of these cartoon characters and stuff, just basically silly stuff going all, all the yeah. time that seemed to yeah. undermine him and make it very difficult for him to do his job. Um, yeah, and looking back, I do feel very sorry for him um, because he hasn't he hasn't really managed. You know, he did a little bit lower league since then, but I'd imagine it took a lot out of him because um, I do think under different circumstances he could have been. Um, you know, could have been perfect fit for him. Uh, right. And we started, as I said, we started. So I remember his first game was, I think it, I think it was my first start with Sweden and we beat them 3 0 um, in Lands End Road. Yeah, Lee Miller got a Yeah, Lee Miller got fantastic ball. That was a strong Sweden team at the time. Eber Rich was probably playing in it. Uh, but yeah, we were, with some new players coming through, we still had the bulk of the squad that went to Korea for the World Cup. Um, so, you know, we did have. Yeah, at the time it was looking like we were going to be quite good going forward but you know that's the way it is it's history um, and yeah how can turn as you said halfway through the group it was still looking good for us Just we just went there we played Car- we played Wales and Cardiff for the last game in the, in the Millennium the Millennium Stadium Massive Stadium and I think it was about four or four it was a nothing game for both teams neither team could qualify um and I just remember being like how how uh, how strange you know, talk about games behind closed doors. That felt like one of them. Yeah. Um, so it was a sad, <laughs> sad game. Um, I think we drew that as well too. Too. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, it's like but um, yeah, it just petered out, and that was the end of that. It's like you're saying, it's kind of was a shame. It wasn't such a high profile job to be a first job. But moving on to uh, this weekend, um, I suppose the big match of the weekend. You watched Spurs last night. Um, I'm going to guess that you've gone. You're looking at United here as uh, as going to get out of the way win here at the weekend. Yeah, um, like for once, I'm tipping Man United as uh, <laughs> as a Man United fan, and finally tipping them and actually feeling a little bit confident about it. I just, you never know football. Anything can happen, but Spurs were. Spurs were brutal and um seen Deli Ali's interview afterwards, he was very honest about it and it was a really good interview, um, speaking about, you know, no time for excuses, we have good players, you know, basically saying the opposite to what his manager was saying, but in a nice way without without, you know, making it too obvious he was not agreeing with what the manager was saying because everything that comes out of Mourinho's now is basically negative. You know, I, I really do you know, I like them ever like a lot of people as a fan of them, a fantastic manager, what a career, but you know, he's just ruining his legacy, his attitude and his demeanour and the touchline and his interviews afterwards are just a man like he looks like he looks lost, he looks he looks beaten, he looks old, he just doesn't seem to have any anything positive to say about anyone or any player. And um, if you're playing for him at the moment, you know, everything you hear is we don't we need new players, players are injured if we had this player, if we had that player, you know, it's it's just whether well, you can think that thing as a manager, but you, you know, from saying it out publicly, um, it's not going to do anything good. How is he going to get him over Um At the end of the day, they're missing some players, but it's a squad who got to the Champions League, probably overperformed to get to the Champions League, and they didn't. There's other problems they didn't strengthen, and they weren't going well under Pochettino. But you know, I just think Mourinho could be playing this a whole lot better from from a. Um, from a positivity point of view, they could be going through this run and he could be a lot more positive about it and saying we're getting to the summer, we're going to sign players and we've got a strong squad with these players I have are doing fantastic. Like it's a simple play on words and how he could motivate this group of players but you know, looking at him now, I just... It doesn't seem too interested in yeah. trying to put a positive spin on it at all. Yeah, he's just trying to cover his own back and everyone else's fault and he's been like that. You know, he's the exact same at Man United. Um, 
it's just sad to see when someone was so good and such a power in football, such a top manager, there was no one could match him. He was he was the special one. Um, and the last time you know we spoke about it last night, the last time you saw him happy and players seemed to actually like him was Inter Milan when he was leaving and they were hugging him and crying. They just won the Champions League. And, you know, it seems like the last time I can remember him having a positive influence on the team. Definitely. Uh, six to five on Labrooks for United to get the away win. Uh, it must be a disaster for you here between, with Man United and Mullins going head to head for this last Champions League race. No Sheffield <laughs> United in there as well, but uh, you must uh, have win, win. Both of them have a good time. I can, I can jump on either bandwagon. That's just grand. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Thanks a million, Kevin. No worries. Talk to you soon, lads. To subscribe to the full Build Up podcast, search The Build Up on Balls on all good podcast apps. <laughs>